from the smallest room in New York City comes to the show to give you a reason to live. Time will tell if uh, this is just a blip, uh, says Mark McManus in the New York Post. He's referring to the, the uh, crime numbers going up. Well, let's, I'll just tell them to you. Since January 1st, 2020, a robbery is up almost 30% in New York City and shootings or shooting victims, yeah, that number is up 31%. One robbery that we will be talking about today was that of a comedian. Vicki Cooperman, who is here. Hey, Vicki. Hi. Uh, thanks for coming. Sure. You're uh, on uh, 12th Avenue, I think, right? Way over by uh, the Hudson. Yeah. And uh, you're walking a dog. Yeah, my dog. Okay. A pit bull. Yeah. A and pit bull. Yeah. These idiots approach me with a pit bull. Coach is a pit bull. Coach is a pit bull. By the way, he is useless, as most pit bulls are, but I, they shouldn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, maybe there was some kind of a, um, I don't know, like they... Uh, it, it, is it useless around the house, even, the dog? Oh, yeah. They're like couch potatoes, and they're very emotionally needy. <laughs> no, they, not all of them, surely. I've seen some pit bulls that are pretty pretty uh, spunky and, and uh, spry. <laughs> and uh, you, read spry so for many, cheese. you read so many stories about them. Now, I, of course, I know that the uh, the argument is always that, you know, well, they were raised wrong, and I'm sure many, many, many of them were, and that is a shame. You are a retard. But uh, your dog did not come in handy this time. No. And you, yeah. So I'll tell you what happened. Please I, do. Yeah. So there's another part you don't even know, which is it was a Friday night, November 15th. I left my house around 6 p.m. And on Monday morning, I was, supposed, I was going in for surgery which would leave me off my feet for three to four weeks. Oh. And I was Good like... Good thing you got this in before like, that. Exactly. I would hate to be robbed on the table when I really... <laughs> <laughs> defenseless. So, yeah. um, so I thought, I'm going to walk the dog for a long walk. And I never walk him at night. My husband usually does. I walk him in the morning. I'm like, I'm going to walk him for a long walk. I'm not going to be able to walk him for a long time. We'll go to the river where we've gone. And I've lived in Hell's Kitchen 18 years. Uh, and we're walking to the river and I cross 12th Avenue and I'm on the side near the Circle Line Ferry. And uh, I can feel parallel to me, um, I don't know, a group, so four to six, four to eight mm -hmm. uh, teens on bikes. So, I, again, I've lived in this city for 18 years, and I have red alerts. Like, every woman will tell you, a man's footsteps behind you is a red alert, no matter what. Like, you just kind of, like, tense up, you look behind you, make sure everything's okay. There's mm -hmm. other red alerts. A man will tell you the same thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Somebody walking behind you is not good news. I you, you know how sometimes the light hits a certain way and makes yeah. two shadows? Yes. I'm literally afraid of my own shadow. <laughs> I'm always That's looking hilarious. over my shoulder. Right. Yeah. So you get it. So teens on bikes is not really abnormal in the city. Absolutely Teens, not. you know, we don't have backyards here. They're always on their bikes in the city. Mm -hmm. Thought nothing of it. Walked up to the dog park. This is where my pit bull is a bit of a stereotype. He doesn't play well with all dogs, so we don't go in the dog park. But he loves all people, as will be proven in a minute. <laughs> I take a left, and this is where I call the before and after. Like, my life basically changed forever, where this guy kind of comes out of the shadows, on it, but, like, rolls towards me on a bike, and all I see is this short black gun, pistol, and then pedaling the bike. I think so. <laughs> I think yes. he was. <laughs> oh, I meant the gun actually. Was oh, the gun was pedaling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's how bad that joke was. <laughs> um, and then I could feel them all surround me. I was kind of cornered in a bush, and uh, right across from the Intrepid Museum. And if you know Manhattan, north of the Intrepid Museum is the cruise terminal. I mean, it's too perfect. It's like it's just two big tourist attractions and there I am in a dark corner mm. being robbed on a Friday evening at rush hour mm. as people are like probably having a gala at the Intrepid Museum and above that people are getting off a cruise ship to go enjoy Manhattan in, yes. in the droves and uh, that's when I can't even explain the feeling um, if anyone's been robbed at gunpoint or had a gun pointed to them they know mm. um, my blood just ran cold and to say it felt like the end of my life is like an understatement it just it just felt final. Like, this was it. It was terrifying. You were just so close, inches away, really. I mean, yeah, like, it was uh, right at my face. It's, it's really, a, oh, right in your face. Yeah, yeah. It didn't touch my face, but it was probably four inches from my nose. It's hard to imagine anything more terrifying, yeah. except maybe three inches before your nose. But <laughs> same. Yeah. Those bullets are so, f you wouldn't even probably be able to detect the difference in time for the bullet to go three or no. four inches. And and so uh, it was it was like a semi-automatic, right? Like a um, you know, well, square looking. Uh, it looked like the police, the policeman's gun, but right. smaller. Okay. Okay. So black, dark gray. Mm -hmm. And when people say they focus on something in a time of trauma, it's so true because I remember the guy's face and I remember the gun and that's it. 
I don't, I didn't see anyone else around me. Mm. And I, in a visceral reaction, kind of put my hand over my face, like as though my hand's going to protect me from a bullet. Oh, no. But but it's a visceral reaction. Yeah. I don't even Posture. know where my dog's leash was. He was silent. The dog's also holding his paw <laughs> yeah, in front exactly. of his face. <laughs> Some pit bull. No, he's probably wants belly rubs. He's on his back. <laughs> um, and they kept saying, give me everything right now. Give me everything right now. Give me everything right now. And then the four, five, six other guys, I don't know how many there were, um, and this will prove to be a problem later, which I'll discuss. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, I heard snickering and I heard some whispering and I heard someone say, I heard three of the four words, so I'll just leave a blank. Let's blank this bitch. And I have uh, no idea what to put in the blank. I don't know what they said. I'm trying to be very, I'm not going to project what I think they said. I'm just, I'm trying to be very honest. Uh-huh. So we, I don't know. So we could go to Brett Summers and Charles Nelson <laughs> Riley, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> if I, I had a long, thin mic, you know. Yeah. Let's blank this bitch. Um, yeah. It could have been pop. It could have been rape. It could have been kill. I have no idea, but it wasn't good. <laughs> okay, it wasn't like let's feed this bitch. Fuck, it could be f- <laughs> yeah. fuck Mary Kill. Yeah, yeah, right. Let's marry this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> let's help this bitch. No, it wasn't that. And so I remember giving him them my um, my phone, my earbuds, my my purse, and at that that was probably even worse than the gun because then he had a gun pointed at me and I had nothing. Oh, you're naked at that point. Yeah, and uh, and then he said, "You did not see my face. You do not know my name. You are not calling the police, and you will not run." Well, yeah, you you, you really don't know his name. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> and uh, he said, "Do you hear me?" And I was like, "I hear you. I hear you." And I'm like looking down in the bush behind me. I think I'm just, I'm dissociating. I'm, del- I'm, I'm not in reality. I've had a break from reality. I know I'm, I'm later. I know I was holding on to my dog. I wasn't, I didn't even know my dog was there. Like, unless they had done something to him, I, it, I can't even, I, it was like an out of body experience. I imagine it was. Yeah. yeah. And I know you may have had some, uh, experiences with this, but, um, so. They- yeah. <laughs> I only wish I had a dog to cradle during <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they bike away and they're looking back at me and they said, pointing the gun, the gunman. And that's the, again, the only one I'm tracking. Cause that's the guy that's the big danger to me. Yep. And he said, did you hear me? You're oh, not wow. calling the police. You know, they or might've all had guns on Might've. Here. They might've. Can you imagine? Yeah. That would be I crazy. I mean, do I look that rich? Jesus Christ. I mean, I'm flattered, but um, like I'm not wearing that expensive a coat. Yeah, or dangerous or anything. (laughs) I mean, really, it is overkill Yeah, to have that many guys. Uh, They're just having fun. Uh, They're just some teens, just some knuckleheads, you know? Yeah, I know. So um, (laughs) then I'm standing there and then I start coming back into my body. And then I thought... I have to walk to the closest source of light because, as you know, that area is not... There's, like, a UPS building that's closed. There's really not much. There was a restaurant. It's November. It's closed. I'm I'm always in that area around the Intrepid Museum because I love the Intrepid. It's amazing. What history. I mean, it's great. But anyway, that's another podcast. One of us is being sarcastic. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I walk south, and I'm walking across this dimly lit fountain area, and there's a woman approaching me with a dog, and I hear them north of me. I still hear them. And I'm trying to tell her, hey, don't go that way. But she thinks I'm a crazy New York woman who's like, doesn't want her to walk on a garden or something. Oh. But, and then, so I had to make a split second decision. I'm like, am I going to endanger myself and her if I walk up to her? Or am I just going to assume they're going to keep going north with this momentum and she's not in danger? How far away were they at this point? I could hear them. You could hear them. But they were probably turning onto the West Side Highway. But I did not know if they could see me because it's so dark and I have nothing. I, I have a dog and my co- yeah, so who knows? Yeah, and it's dark. It's 6.30 in November. It's already really dark. Yeah, so did you... So did I did not walk up. I said again, don't go that way, really quietly. And she didn't pay attention to me. And I thought, I'm just going to go with the fact that they're going north and they want to get out of here now to use my cards. Yeah, they're not just robbing every lady yeah, with a dog. Right. Yeah, like- exactly. <laughs> because I, if I came up to her, they could have circled back and shot us. So You never know. You never know. And I could hear them a little bit. They might circle back and shoot you right now. Right. Exactly. They could because they're out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or they were never in, actually. Yeah, this um, is not that's, surprising. That's a whole other thing. So I walk to the Circle Line Ferry and I go, excuse me, I've been robbed at gunpoint. I need to call 911. And the guy goes, by those kids? And I'm like, did you see them? He's like, those kids? Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me get my thing. He takes me into a back room. The security guard lets me go into their um, office and I call my husband. No, I call 911 first from mm. the cell phone. And they were like, um, you'll appreciate this. They were like, 
were the kids uh, black, Hispanic, or um, Asian? And I was like, uh, they were Latinx. That's what people are saying now. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and the 911 operator goes, huh? And I go, Hispanic. <laughs> Is that they were Hispanic? <laughs> the, Latinx? Uh, Latinx. <laughs> so I only saw one face. So I could only say the gunman was uh, Hispanic. I'm just, I'm, I'm. The being, other ones were probably white. Um, wouldn't you say? Uh, that's usually how it goes. One black ringleader and five white. Really? No. I have no idea. No. Okay. I'm like, really? You know better. No. I have no idea. Well, I made it. I did. I'm going to say, I'm, you didn't mention in, in your Hispanic summary of it. Hispanic and black was the group. I only right. saw one face. Hispanic so. and black was the group. You only saw one face. Good enough. Yeah. So, um, and then I'm sitting there in this back ferry and it's for some reason a very quiet night, which is probably why they robbed me. Uh, and, uh, interesting. Th- I have to say though, interesting choices he gave you though. Right. Yeah. That was it. No his, white. Hispanic. No lacquer. Middle Eastern. No white. I, you know, <laughs> okay. You went wrong, but you know, geez. Three choices apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's interesting. They come uh, in several flavors. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, this guy's like, I'm going to lock you in here. I have to go check on the boats. And I'm like, excuse me? So I'm sitting there with my dog. The dog is stressed at this point, probably, because he's like, I want to play and have food. I don't know. And at that moment, you must have been like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. I was walking home with my dog. Yeah. Now I'm on a boat <laughs> right. without my purse. I'm in the Circle Line Ferry, yeah, with a dog waiting for the police. Locked in a room or something? <laughs> and oh, and my husband goes, when you called me from the ferry uh, office, it's the first time in nine years you've ever given me an order which I said, don't walk, take a cab. They're still out there. Do not walk, take a cab. And what did he do? He walked. So that, I go, that's why I don't give you orders, because even if I did, you, you defy them. <laughs> wow. You've been married how long? Nine years. I've and never told him what to do. First order? My I know. I'm a dream. God. I'm a dream. That's, uh, that's <laughs> wow. You are. I've been married four years. I've heard nothing but orders. Did you marry a German? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you actually. did? Yeah, okay. close enough. Okay. A Nazi, but, <laughs> but maybe not a German. <laughs> maybe <laughs> Danish. Um, so, um, so then the guy goes out to check on the boats, and then it was like a scene out of The Punisher because everything was quiet, and I could just hear boats creaking. I'm like, fuck, these guys could bike back right now. You know, so <laughs> it's funny how you think, right? Yeah. Like, like, let's let's go back to that boat and yeah. show her what's what. Well, how I how I think now is not logical anymore. Like really? Well, my logical brain kind of knows I'm illogical, but my trauma, the way they portray it in movies with like people like ducking for cover when a car exhaust thing goes out because mm. they were in a war, or if they were mugged and. Like the delivery guy came the other day with a bubble coat and he was like bending down to get my soup. And I'm like, yeah, I called this man here. I know what he's doing here. But when he whipped around with my soup, I like stumbled back. You know, I bet every every time somebody points a gun at you now, (laughs) it's It's just going to be like, dude, you're going to be so triggered. I can't believe. Yeah. Uh, Oh, sorry. I had a bad experience. Could you please? Wow. So, um, and this, uh, from what I understand, I don't know to see what it was like in Hell's Kitchen in 2001, 2002. That's when I moved here, 01. Yeah. And what, what was, it, was it a little bit more, uh, I don't know, like, you know, dangerous at the time? Was it? Oh, make no, it's a, much worse now. It's much worse now. Oh, God. I've never felt unsafe on the streets of Hell's Kitchen. And I would, I was single. I was starting comedy when I was in my 20s. I'd come home at 12, 1 in the morning. Well, you were indestructible then, too. Right. That's true. But, but it's still, still. It, it's a difference. You can probably, yeah. uh, you know, uh, pick up on it. Well, I you, think. yeah. And you know, when you start comedy, you actually care. So you're doing all these spots every night versus <laughs> like, right. put me on first. I want to be in bed. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I, I mean, no, no, it's, I've never, uh, there were times I didn't even lock my door. Now, I mean, these guys have my keys, my address, my name. We, yeah. did, we did change our locks, but sure. they have my address, my key card, my name. They know who I am. Doesn't that annoy you? It, it annoys annoy, me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I know it, f- it frightens you and everything, yeah. but but I'm, it annoys but me. It kind of galls you. Yeah, that yeah, they know who the fuck you are, how much you weigh, yeah. your height. Yeah, and I can't get uh. their names. By the way, I'm pressing charges. I don't even know who I'm pressing charges against. I can't get these kids are so protected. Whoa! So there was an arrest here. Yeah. So the police came and. Uh, they were asking me what happened. They kept asking over and over, which they're supposed to do. But right. like Max is like, she has a really good memory. So the story's not going to change from now until I'm telling you now I've been married to her for nine years. They were like, no, tell us again what happened. I'm like, here we go again. And the story's the same every time. Mm. And I always say I can only identify the gunman. So then the police, this was hysterical. They were like, we're going to put you in the car right now and we're going to go look for these guys. And if you identify them, we're getting out of the car and we're going to go get them. 
And then I'm like, okay, can my husband come? They're like, yeah. And then we both look at the dog. We're like, well, then the dog has to come because no one's here to take care of the dog. And they go, I guess the whole fucking family's getting the call. Let's go. <laughs> so we all piled into the car like Dukes of Hazzard. Jesus. <laughs> and we started doing climbed a Climbed into the window like that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. And then I go, wait a minute. If you're getting out of the car, I can't get out of the back of a car of a police car. So what if they come back for me? Are these windows bulletproof? They're like, no, you'll be fine. I'm like, oh my God. Okay. Well, so, they are cops, you know. Yeah, I know. Like, what if they kill you <laughs> and then come get me? <laughs> So hopefully um, if they shoot a cop, someone will show up and do something to them. But yeah, I, well, what are they going to do with them? Put them in the car with you? Right. That's Go what I asked. And take them. I mean, that's I what know. I said. I don't want to sit next to these assholes. And of course not. There's and limited room. Back they're there. like, no, no, our partners. And then we're like driving, looking for them. And these guys from Midtown South, they were so funny. They're like, because all these cars are next to them. They brought in a helicopter from Brooklyn because there's a gun in Manhattan. It's actually pretty rare um, to have mm. armed robbery. And not anymore. Now it's just. Uh, you know, every day we hear about it. It's but, less rare. Yeah. yeah. But, um, but they were like looking around at all these cops and they go, look at these morons. Everyone wants to get this arrest. We're going to get this arrest. It was so funny. They like got competitive with their peers. It was hilarious. Well, that's good. Competition sounds, is good for success, right? I, so. I believe in capitalism. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Competition <laughs> is good. So, um, so then I go, I guess I should call, cancel my credit cards from my husband's phone. Because, you know, as you know, these fuckers stole my phone. Oh, and uh, they go, you know what? Don't cancel them yet. Why don't you call your credit cards and see where they're using them? So we started tracking them to all these CVSs that these idiots are using them at. Good thing you had that notion out loud. <laughs> yeah, right? So they could get on their detective work. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? <laughs> you know, come to think of it. Um, uh, so we started going to CVSs and they, they're buying. I don't know what they're buying. I guess they're buying gift cards. They're trying to buy gift cards. But there's so sense. much camera. There's so much footage. I mean, so um, we right, start. Well, you know, they, it's a different world now. You know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But these criminals are not the bright. Because I kept saying, why would they stay in a group? Because they stayed in a group. They stayed in a group. Yeah. And the cops are like, you won't believe what morons these criminals are. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. They well, they, I mean, yeah. What do you know at fifteen? Yeah. Right? Which will I, I don't mean to like uh, uh, t uh, telegraph the punchline, but yeah. these, these they're fifteen, 15. years old, and they, you don't know anything by fifteen. You think no. you know how to rob? You don't know how to rob. You know they, they gotta, know how to get a gun. They well. <laughs> Do we know the gun was real now? Well, that's a good question. So the police were like, do you know the gun was real? I'm like, I don't know. P guns are your department. Jokes are mine. Mm. I don't know what guns look like. <laughs> um, they go, did it have an orange tip? I was like, okay, I'm not that dumb. Like if the gun had an orange tip, I would probably be like, thanks for the water gun. It did not have an orange tip. It had a black, it had a dark barrel and it was a... Wouldn't you be afraid they would smack you up if you said that? It's so, true. They could yeah. pistol whip me. They yeah. could have done that. Which With is, a water gun. Yeah, even. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's six guys on bikes. They could do some damage. Well, and a nice smack anyway. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe like a drink of water. Or throw uh, you into the Hudson. <laughs> they could because yeah. it's so dark there. Sure. And No um, one would ever know. <laughs> no, they wouldn't. Um, and my dog wouldn't tell anyone because he wouldn't know anything was wrong. Oh, he'd start a new life with his new owners. <laughs> yeah, he would. He'd be fighting next week somewhere. <laughs> yep. So, um, so I kept saying the, the cops were really good and they kept saying toy guns can look really fake. I mean, toy guns can look really real and real guns can look really fake. Yeah. So you really can't tell a difference, especially if you don't know guns. Funny, I, I, what, a, what a real gun that looks fake would be maybe a uh, one that they make with a 3D printer or something. It might right. not look quite genuine, but I don't know that those are really becoming common yet. But those are real, aren't they? You can they're actually, real. Yeah. 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 But, they, but they think they just look like a plastic weird thing. You right. know what I mean? It and nobody would, I don't, I can't imagine anybody, I don't think these kids have a 3D printer yet. I don't think so. I think <laughs> they need a lot of CVS gift cards to get that. Good Lord. So yeah. they go, they're going in in a group to CVS yeah. to use your credit card. Yes. They're like, and, hello, I'm Vicky. Right. Victoria <laughs> Cooperman spelled K with a Y, the Russian way. I mean, and these are Hispanic and black kids. So, uh, my name be Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they used my debit card, our joint debit card, two of my credit cards. I mean, they're leaving a plastic trail all over the city. They're, they're staying no trouble using these. Um, some trouble, and I was getting fraud alerts on my phone, which I didn't have. Ah, uh, oh right, so they're, they're getting the fraud. <laughs> oh yeah. damn. <laughs> Someone's committing fraud with this card, dude. <laughs> Yo, dog, don't use that card. Someone's doing fraud. You know what's really funny is that when I told this story to people, they were like, they listened to the whole thing and they go, I can't believe you know Max's number by heart. 
that that was what they got out of it because I called his number by didn't heart. even occur to me. <laughs> I was like, wow, I'm, that is something. I'm Russian. I'm very good with numbers. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever read my wife's phone number. I, I think I know the first three digits. So that's my first tip. Memorize one of the phone numbers in your phone. Got that? Memorize one <laughs> number. Just one. You, just in case you get robbed or something bad happens and your phone gets stolen. I would call my own numbers. Right, right, That's right. the only one I can remember. <laughs> hey, uh, you just robbed me. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Could so, you do me a favor? Look up Max. <laughs> <laughs> so um, then they did a, uh, what is it called? You'd know when they do a spontaneous lineup on the street. Um uh, oh, I don't it's know. It's not a stand-up. It's a something up. As, as, it's called a something up. You know, it's funny. I don't know. Okay. Well, they did that in a project area on 57th Street because the, the guys met. Because I did say they had sweatshirts. There was hoods. Latino. Um, one guy had wavy hair. So they did do it, but I couldn't identify any of them. And I, I do want to stress it's very hard to identify to make a positive ID. Um, not, and I do believe the guys they showed me were not the guy I saw. So, but... But even harder in that case. It's very, yeah, it's hard to just match the, you know, live with yourself. Um, <laughs> yeah, so put somebody in jail. Um, and they keep me in the car in tint, behind tinted windows so that the guys don't see who's making the ID. Um, and it's like basically a spontaneous pop-up lineup on the street. And they, these are the guys that were using the card, one of them at least, um, or no? The first group they showed me was not. I think they just were guys that were hanging out on bikes, which, again, like we said earlier, that's not weird in Manhattan. All the teens hang out on bikes. You so took a glance at them. I took a glance. They looked more Indian. Um, they didn't look... I just was like, I, I told you I can only recognize one, and he's not here. Right. So, so okay. So then they took me to the nor Midtown North Precinct where I we met with a detective named Scott Gomez, who was fab... He was great. He was fantastic. Um, and he started taking the info. And then, fabulous just seem like not the right word? He, yeah, I know. <laughs> like he he's was, the gay no, detective. No, but he was wearing a, a feathered boa. That's he why I said fabulous. fabulous. <laughs> That's why I said fabulous. <laughs> and and uh, we have our dog with us still. I mean, it's hysterical. And he falls asleep on the floor because, again, pit bulls are useless. He's so. like, what is going on? <laughs> I are just want to be on home? the couch. <laughs> so, um, Too we long of a walk for that poor dog. Yeah. We start um, uh, going over what happened again because you have to tell the story over and over. I don't know if you saw the show on Netflix, Unbelievable, about the detective solving the rape case from before. No. And, okay. It's brilliant. It's like fabulous. <laughs> Detective Fabulous. It's the, very good. It's cold case. Is that what uh, it is? It's you called say? Unbelievable. And it starts with a case that becomes closed. What they thought was solved, uh -huh. which is that they said the girl lied. And then these two detectives in another state start solving these, trying to solve this rape case. And it's tied to that. Oh, okay. And okay. anyway, the point is the way they depict you having to tell the story over and over is totally true. You just yeah. have to keep telling the story over and over. And my story didn't change because I have a really good memory. <laughs> it would be, I bet it would be tougher with a rape. Uh, much tougher. They seem to really struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. From, what I, from what everything I've read on yeah. Twitter. I so, haven't even, if, any sexual thing that's happened to me, I haven't even talked about it. So, and I've been able to talk about this robbery a lot. So there you oh, go. Oh, wow. Okay. So. <laughs> well, anytime you want to talk about it. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Thank you. You're so kind. You've got a friend. <laughs> but, well, so tell me more. You're the, what happened after this? They're talking to you. You're telling the so story. So then he brings in his radio. He goes, they're chasing him now. I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, they caught six suspects because um, the witness at the Circle Ferry said he saw one had yellow pants and they were on city bikes. He saw way more than I did because they biked by him and he looked at them versus I just felt them near me, you know, so I didn't really look. Imagine so, going out robbing people in your yellow city pants. Bikes yeah, and and city bikes and city bikes. Which I'm sure they didn't actually <laughs> well, pay for. You that know? is an interesting detail. So he goes, you're going to get in the back of the squad car now and Max and Coach stay behind. So then we start going on a chase against traffic because the, all the police, and I can hear on the radio, we got him, we got him, we're at 51st and 7th, we got him, blah, blah. Yeah, it's exciting, right? Yeah, it, the banjos are playing. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then we have a soundtrack, and then, I don't know, Jason Robards comes out. I don't know. <laughs> so, Gene um, Hackman was yeah, there. Yeah, right, right. Um, so um, five of them got away, and one stayed, and they had one against the wall at like 7th and 52nd Street or something. We're talking middle of Times Square Friday night at like 9, 10 o'clock at this point. And I couldn't identify him. I was like, and the cops were like shielding me. They opened the door, but then they were covering me and they go, listen to me very carefully. If you cannot make a positive ID, you will not disappoint us. We will find the guys that did, it, did this. Do not negatively ID somebody, which and is against what the media says cops do. 
So I keep telling yeah. people like prosecutors, oh, that's what the police did. They're like, yeah, that's what they're supposed to do. I'm like, I know, but I'm just celebrating the fact that they did their job. This is great. Yeah. After everything you read <laughs> about how terrible the cops are, right. go, you will disappoint us if you don't, if you right. don't identify this right. man. Right. So they were like, you, you won't disappoint us. Do not take your time. Breathe. Close your eyes. Think. We're here for you. They were great. They, they were really. They really do care about getting the right people. Very much. Yeah, they're because they're. It does them no good to arrest the wrong people. No, they 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 do want to help people. That's kind of their job. Yeah, <laughs> they're that, not that, just there for pension. Can I ask you? <laughs> did that come as a surprise to you a little bit? Not at all. I've always loved cops. Ah, great. Okay. Yeah, I've always loved cops. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm glad to hear they lived up to your you know high expectations. Yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, I will acknowledge we have bad cops. There's no doubt. There's bad cops, there's but bad there's bad bakers, everybody. You know? yeah. yeah, there are. I think that this that we should our taxes should go into therapists for all cops. I think that their their jobs yeah. are incredibly stressful and they have to make split second life uh, altering decisions at any moment. Yeah. And I mean, I've tried to deliver, I deliver like food to firemen and then we try to deliver it to cops and this cop once told me, "Oh, I can't risk a corruption." I go from a chocolate chip cookie, he goes less. I mean, because there's no one funnier than Manhattan cop, but, um, <laughs> I, I, I've always like, I, I think neighborhood policing should come back. I I'm very big on cops. So, yeah. um, so then I looked, I go, I can't ID him. He goes, that's okay. We could get him on a stolen bike charge because we just found out the city bike stolen. So okay. they can get him on something else and bring in him for questioning. But by the time I got back to the precinct, the detective said, oh, he's 15. We have to wait for, he didn't say this. I'm saying this for mommy. They have yeah. to wait for their guardian to be questioned. Sure. Because then they need a peanut allergy cell. Because these fucking kids, you don't even know how hard it is. Like, there is, there's two things going on. There are teenagers that have died in Rikers, which is awful. But for the most part, teenagers are very protected. <laughs> uh-huh. Very protected. Yeah. And you, I think you know this more than I do because you've been uh, reading up on this. Well, sure. I mean, like, it happens all the time. People don't tend to take it seriously, and mm -hmm. plus the parents have to be involved. If they, right. I don't know why uh, they mm -hmm. think that these people are so delicate. Right, you know, teenagers are the most resilient people on earth. Right, and also they, they should be treated be... worse than adults. I've always said they're more dangerous than adults because even before this happened to me, like I said, I've always felt safe in New York, but I'm always like, when school gets out, I don't want to be on the subway when there's a pack of teenagers. No. I feel, I feel in danger. <laughs> no, you are. It's chaos. You <laughs> yeah. never know what's going to happen. No, no. Yeah. It, they're it, not formed mentally. Their brains are still growing, hopefully. Yeah. They're stunting them with a, a, lot, of, a lot of weed uh, a lot of times. You know, they really don't have any sense of anything having any value. Right. You know, like whether, life, like life, like property, especially <laughs> Money, yeah, yeah mm -hmm. like all these things. Yeah. They're no good. And and they're in packs. Yeah. Too. And from the other side of this, my husband and I have been to two foster parent orientations um, to be foster parents. And wow. the foster system is broken. It's completely broken. And the judges always put these kids back with parents. They shouldn't like look at the alleged stabber of the of Tessa Majors. Didn't his mother stab somebody? Yeah. Perhaps sure he did. should not have grown up. If this is true, with a mother who stabbed somebody, because oh, it's true, right? She was convicted. Okay, but I, he's still alleged, right? We don't know. Or oh, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I guess so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. True. Sorry about that. Yeah, no, that's okay. But um, I mean, we know he's guilty. <laughs> that's the problem. Well, I know Harvey Weinstein's guilty too. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it, doesn't it? After that testimony from oh, Rosie God. Perez, holy shit! Yeah, and that was still a second person testimony. Yeah, and exactly. It, right, and that's still really bone chilling. Yeah, you know the first person testimony in that sounded really, really uh, emotional, and I, I was trying to figure out who the hell this was the whole time. Annabella Skewer, the one who was dating uh, Tony Soprano, right. Tony Soprano's side piece. Right. When she was the one that was uh, working in the car dealership, right? And you know what? She treated Tony really shabby. <laughs> so she, <laughs> she was a maniac in that show. So it's funny. I, fe I actually felt less sympathy for her oh, based on that. Wow. Plus, it happened in 94. Plus, I mean, she never reported it, told anybody, except Rosie Perez, allegedly. But she never gave the guy's name. She never said Harvey Weinstein's name. So Rosie Perez figured it out based on what the actress told her a month later. And, it just, it, and then, I guess... That's how it got out. I don't really know. She told somebody in the press or something. Rosie Perez. Did. I don't know. Well, anyway, it's very hard to talk about sexual assault from a very powerful man or a very random man. It's just you can't. It's very hard. And from what I've witnessed in the criminal justice system, uh -huh. even with evidence, sometimes you don't even 
they don't even go forth with a case. Doesn't it surprise you? Because they, they make it sound as if they just need this, the barest evidence to throw people in jail forever. Right. It's like, not like that. No, that's the other. Now I'm in the 30 minute mark of Law and Order. That's where I am now. Right. And right. it's real. This you is serious? worse. <laughs> I'm getting re-traumatized more. The first night I had adrenaline, right? When the police came, I felt safe. When those guys pointed a gun at me, I hated guns. When the police showed up, I loved their guns. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was like smiling and making jokes at times because I was still not, you know, really all there. Right. And also that's how I cope because I'm a, you know, how else, what else would I have if I didn't have laughter? Medicine, yeah. Um, and I had adrenaline, but, um, now I'm just like, if I didn't do EMDR, I do it every Monday morning, which is trauma therapy, where you have to go back into the memory mm. um, and uh, put it into the passive side of your brain so that you're not constantly triggered. Wow. Yeah, it's great. I really recommend it for trauma victims. I assume that uh, the state's paying for this? city's paying for this? Well, good question. I am paying for it out of pocket, but I did go to the New York Victims Fund uh, a week ago and put in all my receipts. And I'm like, you know what? I've been paying my taxes into these social services for 18 years, so I better get something back. The city has all kinds of services, right? <laughs> yeah. Take advantage. So, That's so, right. Uh, you did eventually, they have the guy and oh, you pointed him out. So then Monday morning, I go into surgery. Oh, right. <laughs> On my uterus. So fun. And uh, I had to have something removed. <laughs> From your uterus? <laughs> yeah, it's a fibroid. Well, let's skip over this. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and then Wednesday, I'm lying in bed, literally like can't move. And the detective calls. He's like, so uh, the... Because I kept calling him with, you have to be very involved. That's my tip number two. Don't think that the police and the lawyers have their shit together because they have a lot of stuff on their plates and they can miss details. And you have to be involved and give them details. You have to be an active member of your own case. Uh So Friday night, I came back and called the last credit card at midnight. I'm exhausted. This is after the robbery, right? And I find out. How many credit cards were you carrying? Probably three and two debit cards. Wow. Which I don't do anymore. I actually yeah. don't wear a purse anymore. I don't take my phone out on the street anymore. I don't walk the dog anymore. I don't walk the... I don't leave my house anymore. <laughs> I talked to Mark DeMeo about it, and he goes, you're going to end up walking the dog in circles outside uh, in front of your doorman because this is what happens when neighborhoods go downhill. People get traumatized. They get scared, and I've seen this for 30 years. Yeah. So he was great, too. He was. He's like, they're always 15, Vicky. Since I was a detective, they were always 15. Yeah. So um, he's it's wonderful. It's not a what the, what's the world coming to. It's like, right. no, it's like That's this. That's what's always been, and it's now come to your doorstep. Right. So anyway, I was like, hey, they weren't just at a CVS. They went to a smoke shop on 10th Avenue. So the detective went there the next day. And the footage there was the best. And that's what they put out to like Crime Busters that was like on New York One and New York Post and NBC. And then people started calling them in, apparently, because this is when I lost the narrative because now no one will tell me what happened, who was arrested. I don't know who was arrested because they're kids. Oh, you don't know their name even? I don't know their name. Oh. I don't know who was arrested. I don't know if the gunman was arrested. They're really withholding everything. And I even said to one of the lawyers, and by the way, it's in family court. Which is like a joke. <laughs> Family court. Yeah, it, everything, it's like watered down. And they're not prosecutors, they're assistant corporate counsels. Mm. And uh, they said, uh, I said, yeah. I just find it weird that I don't even know who I'm pressing charges against. They go, I know it's a weird process, we understand. But that's it. We don't care. No, and then there's this restorative justice kumbaya thing going on. Oh, sure, yeah. Started in 2011, I think. Yeah. Yeah, with uh, Eric Holder and Barack Obama. <laughs> and their letter, their dear colleague letter to the school saying, no more suspensions, no more expulsions. You figure it out. Uh, yeah. So now. Because that's the school to prison pipeline, right? Right. But apparently um, the prison part is, uh, well, they're removing that. I think there's one detention center left in New York City or something. And not everyone goes, not even for armed robbery. Because I kept saying, what is the maximum punishment? Because before I like, I, I become one of those people in a movie who dedicates her life and has some war room about this fucking case. I'd yeah. like to know what actually is going to happen to these guys. Because if you're telling me we're going to go in a room and I'm supposed to hug their parents, it's not worth it. And they, didn't, they can't even answer me. I go, are they going to have detention? They're like, well, we believe in a holistic look at where people come from. And I go, I know. Did they actually say that? Yeah. These are my prosecutors. The prosecutors. Yes. We believe in a whole list. Oh, my God. Boy, that is like, that's a nightmare. And I said, but as prosecutors, I feel like that's the one thing you're not supposed to believe. Like, let the judge figure that out. But like. uh, You bring me a crusty white man. (laughs) Jesus. I mean, and then, well, I think a lot of this actually is this. uh, There's a bigger thing going on where I think a lot of this is overcompensation. 
Yeah. Because there has been issues where white, you know, like we've not treated a certain part of the society in a good way. And now, right. right. But, so, but yeah, no, I get it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean like, yeah, two wrongs don't make a right. No, they don't. It gets ridiculous. And I said, look, I've been to two foster parent orientations. I, I give money to Rwandan orphanage. I give money to Ukrainian orphanage. I pay my dog fee with the Department of Sanitation every year. I'm an upstanding citizen. So I don't think it's good for them for this to go to trial. Like, I mean, for their sake, I hope they plead guilty and also snitch on the other four because we only have only two were arrested. And my friend who's from the hood basically was like, they're never going to snitch because they'll get killed. Did they just laugh in your face, these prosecutors, when you said, why don't you just maybe they'll plead guilty? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Well, they said most of these family court things don't go to trial because they like tell you to do this kumbaya restorative justice thing. And I said, tell me about that. What is that? Then you mean there's like a process or something? Like you you all go in a room and like talk it out and like they, you, the, the, yeah. Talk it out. So there was a comic who was beat up by teenagers. and I'm aware. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Badly so, beaten. Very. Like, couldn't even... Very sh- similar uh, kind of a situation. Yeah, well, bikes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And his bike was stolen. Right, think, right. Yeah. yeah, terrible. Yeah, okay. So and did, he's and he, tall, did man. Did he do that? Did he go to the... No, I don't think so. But I have no idea what's going on with his case. Well, I hope that you guys in, in this uh, session would be able to work out your differences. <laughs> Yeah, there was a gun on their side and not on mine. So there's a difference there. I feel a power differential that is unpleasant (laughs) for me and I'm uncomfortable with that. Right, right. So I said, I believe that they, we we are failing kids. Okay, I do believe that. But if we are telling kids that they can hold a gun to someone's head and we're giving them more social services, won't they just then go hold a gun to someone's head when they want more? They can't believe their good fortune with running up against these communist prosecutors, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's just a nightmare. Well, in communist, I'm from Soviet Union. They would not, they would just throw you in a cell. So maybe well, we need some communists. Fabian <laughs> socialists, whatever, you know? <laughs> um, but, uh, and, and I, that was last week. And then I had to go to the New York Victims Fund where there's, you know, it's terrible. There's like women who are like trying to change their names and they're battered. And I, it's awful. I came home. I sobbed. I had a migraine. I threw up. I couldn't even get out of bed for two days. Yeah. They, the, the prosecutors tra- traumatized me more than the crime. The system, this ju- justice system, is it's people need to know about it. And that's why I'm here talking yeah. to you. Good. Because I think people are feeling bad for kids, but these teenagers just killed a Columbia student and they killed a lot. They killed other girls in that park that aren't being reported on. Sure. And, um, I, Pat, I don't, I'm at a loss. Like, I don't know what we can do. Well, I mean, other than vote you know, not for de Blasio. Yeah. No, there's a definite <laughs> way to vote that would be better. Uh, and, and it's, uh, you know, we keep talking about it. I'm going to just keep making jokes about it, yeah. you know, because that's, uh, what I do. Right. And, uh, I, I I enjoy interviewing you, getting a real case and hearing how just how you know good right. the cops are. It's really heartening yeah. to hear that. I always uh, support the police as well yeah. and believe that you know all the cops I've met have been really great. We also guys. live in New York City, where the cops generally are pretty good. Yeah. Now the voting uh, thing, I guess that's important, but you know, like. Uh, also, you know what? I think just not going along with the narrative when you hear it said, yeah. you know, realizing bullshit when you hear it. And right. maybe everybody is going to have to be victimized once. <laughs> maybe. Or maybe just yeah. somebody important, you know? Yeah. Uh, also this, I mean, we're two people who live in the same city. We might have political differences, but mm-hmm. we have to all meet and decide on what's best for everybody. Well, there is an objective reality, you yeah. know, where, where we can meet. There are there's certain things we can agree on, and right. it's that people should not be pointing guns at each other, and they should be punished. Right. And, and this method that they're using is not going to really get any results. It certainly yeah. doesn't make you feel as if any justice occurred, I'm right. sure. Family court for armed robbery. <laughs> You know, right. 16 and 17 year olds, they have no pre-trial detention. There's no Rikers for them. They go home. Right. No, the two that were caught. Oh, yeah, that's what I was saying. Gomez called me probably a few days after my surgery and goes, two were arrested and one is turning himself in and a fourth one's going to be gotten. But then I meet with these lawyers and only two were arrested and they wouldn't even tell me they were arrested for my crime. You don't. These teenagers are so protected. So um, wow. and I'm not even allowed to know. And then they were telling me you can't even text or email people about it. And I wouldn't because what? because the defense could use it against me. And then I said after this last meeting, I'm like, I'm starting to talk about it. I can't. People need to know. It sounds like they're trying to shut you up, right? 
Like by saying that, yeah, like no, listen, let's go. You know, we could use it again. What what do you do for what? This is a bigger conspiracy. To get this this moved to family court, right? I think this is bigger than them. Yeah, this is. I think someone above them is pressing down on them. Somebody hired these knuckleheads. (laughs) You know, these you know soft-brained kind of like idiot. Yeah, uh, I don't think it's that. I think it's a system they're in. I think all this isn't just my my lawyers. Right, this but is you family hire court. people appropriate to right. the job, you know, and like, and then you. I think the job is like it sounds perfect for so. I couldn't with a straight face tell somebody we believe in a holistic approach to to criminal justice <laughs> with kids. But do you believe one in prison rehabilitation? If someone's getting out, don't you think they should get rehabilitation? Well, and skills and empathy to be a member of society. I'd be willing to trade that to them in exchange for <laughs> right. get rid of these kinds of things. Right. You know what I mean? If people actually got prosecuted and had some sort of a, I don't know that a 15 year old is going to should go to prison for armed robbery. Not adult. I don't know if they should go to with adults. That you would, would think be tough. like juvie or something, right? But I mean, that's like, what I'm asking just for. Something that they will hate, right? That's what all, I mean, honestly, you know, it's interesting that the white people in my life are like, oh, I hope they get the help they need. And the black oh. guys in my neighborhood are like, I hope they go to prison well, because that's how they're going to learn. Who do you think has a better handle on what's <laughs> right. actually going on? Right. And, and white people are very informed by guilt. Right. And that guilt has been foisted on them, but they are still promoting it just the same and using it in the way that they're intended to, which is to you know extend unearned empathy and sympathy for people who are the aggressors and who have a choice. They don't have to. I don't believe that those kids They are, made a choice, yeah, for sure. A bunch of bad ones. But we, I think we can approach it twofold. I think our society's always been bad at thinking two thoughts at once. We have to fix the foster system. Uh, okay, this, this is bad. These kids are victims of, of their own parents and this system, okay? Right. But also, there's, we, we, can't, we can't let it fall through the cracks that there's teenagers now who are beyond that now. They're beyond that help, sadly. Because the formative years are very early. And uh, they need to be punished as well for crimes apropos to that crime. Single parents tend to, like, raise criminals, too. Uh, keeping both parents at home uh, would be a great start, and they could not incentivize uh, these kind of situations, these single-parent situations, um, with the welfare system. I mean, I think that would be a good adjustment yeah. because when you look I mean, at, you can't control a guy leaving, though. Guys leave. <laughs> yeah, but it is—it's highly incentivized, and uh, that is also a problem. You know, it started—you know—you can tell when crime started to get bad in in among. You know, whatever community, uh, it's it's around the time that stuff started, and it increased and increased and increased. It's right. it's just it's just bad medicine. Crime is a, a terrible cycle, and so is the prison system. I don't want these kids to be in prison forever. I want them to be good members of society. It's better for me. It's selfish. It's and also what gets me still is they haven't reco- uh, recovered the firearm. So that gun is still out there with those kids. And that's what upsets me, especially. So that Tessa Majors was killed about exactly four weeks after I was held up in a very similar situation. The only difference is really I came out alive. Okay. I, li- I froze when I heard that. I couldn't believe it. I, li- I, I mean, I, I don't know. I fell back like three months of therapy at that point. Sure. Like, yeah. And um, yeah, that, that story was just terrible. I mean, Tessa Majors, of course, stabbed uh, uh, near Barnard College over in uh, the park, actually, I guess, mm-hmm. right up there. What's, uh, Morningside. Sun- Morningside Park, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, this was a big murder. That was the big name brand uh, murder for several days. Uh, several Tessa, days. Welcome was, to New York. <laughs> yeah. 18 years old, stabbed to death. New to the city. New to the city. And they used to, from what I understand, there's a, a podcast that I've heard uh, by Colin Flaherty, and he was explaining that um, that anecdotally he knew there was a time when you were would go to Columbia and they would tell you, listen, don't go over there because pe- you'll get robbed. Right. And they, you know, of course, that's not something the university felt uh, eventually, I guess, they started to tighten up on making statements like mm-hmm. that or giving warnings like that. And they don't say that anymore. And now, you know, the, right. it, it, it could be a handy instruction, you know, if it keeps people yeah. safe. That's another reason I went public. I want people to know. Hell's Kitchen has become... The, the drug dealers in every corner. Now I walk home, I can't walk down my own street. Yeah. They're, this is the perfect example of what New York is now, and this is not because of the, this isn't the police's fault. No. I walk by a drug dealer training his corner boys out loud. This is like 5 p.m. Okay, it's, it's 
almost light at this point. Handing them their name tags. Yeah, exactly. And, and three feet away, a police van is being towed away. Like, as though it's by the mayor. Like, we're just towing away this police van. Wow. Away. And this is my... And, and now the police are trying to do everything they can. They're putting up... Well, I don't know if they're trying to do everything they can, because they're very busy. And they do focus on tourist areas. I will say... Because I live in Hell's Kitchen, on 43rd and 8th, the police presence is a lot different than 43rd and 11th, okay? And that should not be that way. Well, it, it's... Unfortunately, though, they prey on tourists, you know? Like, yeah, uh, yeah, right. And if you, don't, if you back off the, the presence in the tourist area, right. they will be fleeced. We're going to lose money. <laughs> all of them, yeah. Because they'll stop coming. Sure, yeah, yeah, we'll fuck up tourism, but but there is a reason, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you guys, you know, yeah. so once you're here, you're here. But but they're putting on these police lights to try to scatter these drug dealers like cockroaches. You know, you turn on the light and they scatter. They're standing in the light like Broadway actresses. Like they don't give a shit <laughs> and they know nothing fucking is going to happen to them. Right. They were screaming about their drug deal outside of Westway Diner on a Sunday at 11 a.m. They were screaming across Ninth Avenue. This is Hell's Kitchen. I mean, this is tourism. This is where Broadway is. Yeah. Yeah. And, theater district and, yeah. and everything. And yeah. I've been very involved. I have so many police officers numbers in my phone now. We're texting. They're trying to do a three precinct meeting. Mm. Um, but I don't, I, you know, I've kind of lost hope. You got more flies. You got more lava. You got more maggots. You'll be covered with maggots. Covered with maggots. This teenager killed somebody the, two nights ago in my area. And I'm just like, I don't, I don't. I don't know what to do. I mean, he got in a fight with a 31-year-old and killed him. Well, how long until you start voting Republican? I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I voted. I've actually voted Republican. I'm from Massachusetts, and I voted Republican for mayors and governors before. Uh, yeah. There's no party that owns me. Well, um, it certainly wouldn't do a lot of good here, would it? <laughs> I mean, like, it's six to one, you know, and there's no way to win an election. It's like they basically have it, have it sewn up right. in this city. Uh, you know, the restorative justice you mentioned, I didn't know that that was something that was extending into criminal justice. I thought this was something that they just had done in high schools. Nope. This is extending to adult criminal justice. This wow. is extending into like the, the homeless man didn't mean to kill you. He's just hungry. Yeah. Uh, let's and, all hug it out. Right. And it, it's mostly extended to like uh, what's what are known as people of color now. Is it? I don't know. I don't know the stats. Well, that was at least. Well, that was at least what was the way it was put mm -hmm. in the guidance. Especially people mm -hmm. of of color had been uh, disproportionately. That was the reason for it. They, yeah. they'd been disproportionately suspended or disproportionately expelled. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it's funny that their immediate presumption is that well, obviously that's racism. It's 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 just. Absolutely impossible that one group happened to have commit more uh, of these of, of expellable or suspendable offenses. You right. Because what you're alleging when you, at that point is saying like, well, this is nationwide. Millions, hundreds of thousands of teachers and administrators right. have all agreed on the racist plan to punish uh, people of color more harshly. It's not even realistic. Yeah. Uh, I, but, mean, uh, right. I mean, even even on an unconscious level, that's it's it's inconceivable that it could be consistently that way right. everywhere. I think, but I right, I do think systemic racism is deep. I, I think yeah. it starts young. I don't know that I agree, but uh, but I okay, hear you. That's fine. I no, respect no, 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 your no, no, opinion. No, I hear you. The point I was trying to get to was to say, why not just suspend more white kids? Right, right. <laughs> to bring it up, right? Because you can't just take suspension off the table, right? I mean, in schools. You end up with fights, and that's what's happening. Well, you that's know? a good question. Why not? Uh, why not hold the white kids to the same standard? I, I believe <laughs> so. That's also racist. I believe it's very likely they do, but I would say hold white people to a stricter standard right. if you have to, rather than get rid of the punishment. Right. You know, I think that would be perfectly fair. But, and, but when I say systemic racism, I mean. Crime comes from for a reason, I guess, is what I'm saying, and that's what people are trying to tell me about this restorative justice. And I'm like, yes, but I'm a like I hate to call myself a victim because I don't feel that way. Like I feel but that you're way. You're a victim. You're a crime victim. I yeah. am, but meaning I don't walk around like. The word's got a bad name. Yeah, it does. I am a victim. And when people try to tell me you should forgive these kids, I go, you need to start fucking treating me like a victim. Seriously. Or else we don't have to be friends. Forgive these kids. Like, what if a white guy raped me? You'd be like on his door trying to like burn him down. Absolutely. So, you know, yes, yes. that's where the white guilt comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that something? Absolutely. So, uh, you they know, would I plunge a knife through, uh, <laughs> you know, his face. Right, right. Oh, yeah. That's so, th that's a good point. Yeah. So, Forgive um, these kids. And then here's the other thing. 
something got lost in the cracks where the prosecutors are like, and we know you can't make a positive ID on the gunman. I go, I never said that. Wait a minute. I kept saying to you over and over, because my story has not changed, because I have a good Only memory. Only one I saw clearly That's was right. the gunman, yeah. They go, oh, in that case, we're going to send you over to Manhattan Robbery Unit, because Detective Castillo ended up being the arresting detective and uh, he was going to have you look at mug shots. I'm like, why wasn't this done a fucking th- four, you know, six weeks ago when I had a closer, I was closer to his face. You know, it was sooner. Because I kept saying the guy on the right in the surveillance footage looks like the guy who robbed me. I just need to see his hair, but no one heard me. I felt like I was screaming into a padded cell. Oh, man. Yeah, so it's been rough. Interesting. But I have to be honest, like the rage just comes out like, or up it's just the weirdest thing. I'm just like the Hulk. Yeah. And I try to just keep it down or like I try, you know, EMDR or exercise or meditate, but it's just, it's like, sometimes I'll just be like, I wish they'd shot me dead. <laughs> like, you know, wow. because it's just depressing. I mean, it's depressing to be a victim of crime like that. Vigilante justice. Time has I come. I think it's coming to the time of, um, what's his name? Daredevil. Cause he was in hell's kitchen. Oh, right. The yeah. Marvel, the blind Marvel superhero. Uh, I I actually might want to um, get a concealed carry permit. I might, you know. You think it's you very hard one? to do it in New York. It's very hard. Can you have to you? have a lawyer. It takes a long time. You have to have a reason. So well, I do have a reason. What? I'm the victim of armed robbery. That's no good. <laughs> it isn't. To, no, they're like, what are you going to just shoot everybody? You have to have uh, a <laughs> well to feel protected. Carrying large amounts of money, oh, something like that. Okay. Um, better to get it. Uh, better just get a gun and not really have it be legal. <laughs> maybe. What about like a taser? Can we get tasers yet? I don't think so. I don't. You can't even get mace. I could not officially. get mace. You're yeah. right. Where can I? Can you tell me later where Absolutely. to get mace? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I know just the guy. <laughs> great. Thank you. Listen, uh, I appreciate come in and talk some more sometime. Okay? I will. I will. And this will be great. And and take care of yourself. And and just uh, I'm sure you're looking over your shoulder and and uh, that you're on high alert now. So yeah. Don't, no need to tell you to be careful, but you should be careful out there. And no amount of being careful is going to save you anyway, but it, it could prevent something. Who knows? You know, I'm not a victim blamer. You know what I mean? So, so be reckless. Do whatever you want. Uh, well, and before it gets any worse, Vicki Cooperman, thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. And then I could feel them all surround me. I was kind of cornered in a bush. And they kept saying, give me everything right now. Give me everything right now. Give me everything and, uh, right now. And that's when I can't even explain the feeling. Um, if anyone's been robbed at gunpoint or had a gun pointed to them, they know. Um, my blood just ran cold. Yeah. And it was right at my face. Yeah, yeah. It didn't touch my face, but it was probably four inches from my nose. And when people say they focus on something in a time of trauma, it's so true. Because I remember the guy's face and I remember the gun. And that's it. And then here's the other thing. Something got lost in the cracks where the prosecutors are like, and we know you can't make a positive ID on the gunman. I go, I never said that. Wait a minute. I kept saying to you over and over, because my story has not changed, because I have a good memory. Remember the guy's face, and I remember the gun. They go, oh, in that case, we're going to send you over to Manhattan Robbery Unit, because Detective Castillo ended up being the arresting detective and uh, he was going to have you look at muck shots. I'm like, why wasn't this done fucking six weeks ago when I had a closer, I was closer to his face. You know, it was sooner. Let's blank this bitch. Forgive these You know sometimes the light hits a certain way and makes two shadows? I'm literally afraid of my own shadow. Let's blank this bitch. The prosecutors tra- traumatize me more than the crime. The system, this ju- justice system is... Forgive these kids. People need to know about it and that's why I'm here talking to you. I'm always looking over my shoulder. Yeah. When people try to tell me you should forgive these kids, I go, you need to start fucking treating me like a victim. Seriously. 